Corey Morgan, like Roosevelt's conservation efforts, Smith's new renewables rules put environment first. Commentary At the turn of the 19th century, the Wild West still existed in North America as developments and settlements expanded with little to no regulation, planning, or guidance. U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt recognized the risk in allowing unfettered development expansion across pristine lands as it would rob future generations of the ability to enjoy them. During his term in office between 1901 and 1909 he established five new national parks, 18 new U.S. national monuments, 51 bird reserves, four game preserves, and 150 national forests. In total, Roosevelt put an astonishing 230 million acres of land under public protection. Roosevelt was a Republican and faced heavy opposition from lobbyists, business interests, and factions within his own party as he established order on Western development. He used executive orders without apology to get the job done quickly. Were it not for Roosevelt's vision, the United States would look much different today, and not for the better. Thanks to him, one can travel throughout a developed nation with a population of hundreds of millions yet never be far away from protected lands that can be visited and responsibly enjoyed. A more contemporary form of the Wild West has emerged in North America in the last couple of decades in the guise of renewable energy developments. As subsidies poured in and demands for renewable forms of energy grew, wind and solar farms have been springing across the Canadian prairies. Approvals for new projects were swift and with little governance as zealous bureaucrats were convinced of the environmental merit of these projects. Rural citizens began expressing concern as they witnessed productive land being lost to solar farms and a visual blight on the landscape as massive wind turbines sprouted up like daisies. The citizens were ignored for years as the fervor for renewable energy sources continued to rise. Finally, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith tapped the regulatory brakes on renewable energy development approvals and imposed a six-month moratorium. Environmentalists and renewable energy advocates were apoplectic, as were opposition party members. A valid case could be made that Smith was soiling her free market credentials with such a bold intervention. Despite the outcry, Smith held her ground and no new approvals were granted for six months. Alberta's premier didn't just blindly halt approvals on new developments. The six-month pause was used to establish a new, regulatory framework for developing renewable energy sources that ensured prime agricultural land would be protected as would some of Alberta's majestic Mountain View landscapes. The new regulations were just released and they appear to have struck the necessary balance. Renewable energy sources such as wind and solar may not create emissions, but they require a massive land footprint compared to conventional energy generation methods. For example, the Traverse Solar Project in Alberta can create 465 megawatts of power and was built on 3,300 acres of agricultural grazing land. By comparison, the Cascade Power Project in Alberta, a natural gas-powered generator, can produce 900 megawatts night and day while using only 128 acres of land. Gas-based generation can produce twice the power while using only 4% of the land. This difference can't be ignored, and we can't keep pretending renewable energy projects don't seriously impact the environment and agricultural economy. 
Alberta has over 30 wind farms with nearly 1,000 turbines that can produce up to 3,077 megawatts of power. The production gets as low as 15 megawatts on calm days. It would take thousands more turbines built on valuable land to meet power needs and the province would still need gas generators as a backup. The turbines also impact bird and bat populations and ruin the views of some of the province's most picturesque landscapes. Alberta fumbled during past oil and gas booms by not insuring companies' post-reclamation bonds when they operated. Now, there are thousands of orphaned wells and facilities that need to be reclaimed at taxpayers' expense. Premier Smith's regulations will require renewable projects to have plans and bonds to reclaim sites when they have reached the end of their cycles. The projects will not be approved on prime farmland or zones with pristine landscapes. Smith is facing criticism, but like Roosevelt, she will be thanked down the road. Future citizens and visitors will be able to enjoy the landscapes and agricultural benefits of the province thanks to her foresight. Responsible power development will also continue. Ironically, it is self-styled environmentalists who have the harshest words for Smith's policies, yet those policies will ensure more environment is protected than has been by any previous premier. It exposes the partisan and almost religious nature of today's environmental movement. Premier Smith is a true environmentalist, even if her contemporaries will never credit her with that.